Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Sandy Stewart, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious God, whose plenty meets us in our poverty with all that we need, open our eyes and lift up all who are bowed down. Watch over us that we may speak your word of hope and freedom. Come to uphold the grieving and forlorn. Confront the self-sacrificed and challenge us all to authentic, caring, prophetic ministry. Help us to live as your faithful children. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, it is he that made us, and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship God. The gospel calls us to turn away from sin and walk in obedience to Christ. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Therefore, with humble hearts, knowing that we seldom discern our own errors, let us turn ourselves toward the Eternal One. As we offer ourselves to Him in penitence and faith, we renew our confidence and trust in His mercy because we know that he accepts the sincere prayers of all who call on him. Let us pray. Giver of life, we have not thanked you enough for each breath we can take, each moment we live, each experience we enjoy or endure. We are more likely to complain than to appreciate 
to wallow in cries of agony and loss than to pour out joy and gratitude. We repeat our mistakes instead of learning from them. We try to keep you out of our lives instead of turning to you daily and trusting your providence. Turn us around, God. We want to experience the confident joy of living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. When we face ourselves and God with the awareness of our sin, our Father in heaven, whose mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, forgives us and gives us grace to grow and courage to continue the journey. Hear the good news. Those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And now with believers across the globe and down through the ages, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's all greet our neighbors in the love of Christ.
Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We're so glad you're with us today. Thankful that the good Lord, through his spirit, has sought to bring us together to be the people of God and the family of faith. We're happy that we can uh, perhaps know you. If you are a uh, visitor with us today, perhaps for the first time, we would love to uh, let you know that you are more than welcome to be here and we would love to continue conversations with you, perhaps underneath the tree after the service. We invite you to come and join us there. And we would love for you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews. And those of you who are at the end of the pew might wanna grab that and pass along. And more importantly, note those folks who are sitting near you and welcome them into our midst. We, uh, speaking of greeting and welcoming, we are grateful that today we will have the chance to say thank you to all of our greeters, those of folks who welcome you onto our campus, whether it's under the yellow umbrellas or whether it's out in front of the sanctuary or the garden, they will be gathering over in the Music and Arts Building after our service today to uh, receive our thank you and as well to take the chance to especially thank Marcia Barson and Linda Lehman who uh, have been a vital part of that ministry over the last several years and to also welcome uh, the ministry of Linnell Dickinson as she takes over the coordination of that effort. So we rejoice and let's just give our greeters a big round of applause. How's that? Yes. Also, uh, while you're uh, out there being greeted by all sorts of people, we invite you to think about the Day of Hope, which is uh, fast approaching in July. And this is our ministry to the homeless families in our area. We will have over 250 children who will be here on our campus on July the 23rd, receiving the support of Church of the Palms, getting ready for their school year. And uh, we can use your support by volunteering. There is uh, no task too small or too big that you couldn't potentially help us with that. So stop by the Day of Hope table and find out how you can be a part of that ministry. And this coming Thursday, June the 9th, is Ruth Pierce's 100th birthday. Good for Ruth, and I don't think Ruth is here, is she? No, but she might be viewing us on TV, so on the count of three, let's just say happy birthday. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Ruth. Excellent, so well done, my friend Ruth. Let's continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
Let us pray. We are here, O God, because you love us and you have given us your grace and your generosity is in which we live each day. Today, at this moment in worship, we bring all these our gifts and offerings back to you. We pray that you will use them to expand your kingdom and to serve many more of your children near and far. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. forward and gather up here around the baptismal font and the De Jesus family come forward as well. Well, it is a great joy to be here once again at the baptismal font and to celebrate with another family as they bring their child to be baptized. We do welcome Amanda and Amin de Jesus and their little daughter Rosa, who is here to be baptized and along with them to support them in this effort, Steve Sobolewski, who is uh, serving as a godfather and we're glad to have Shirley Sanchez as well as godmother as on behalf of that family to support this little girl as she comes to be baptized here in the great family of faith. We all are godparents, of course, as we come to the baptismal font of our Lord and to know that we are the family of faith welcoming yet another child into our midst. It is in baptism when we acknowledge the fact that we're all children of God and we've been children of God since the very beginning and we're grateful that we will be children of God to the very end and we're thankful that in baptism we can reach out and claim that promise for ourselves as well as for our children and we have the opportunity as well to wonder together about how we might be examples of the new life in Christ for our children over the course of their years. So we make promises in baptism, we acknowledge through questions and answers our uh, life in faith and our journey together as the people of God and so to that end, Amanda and Amin, I'd like to ask you these questions as you bring Rosa to be baptized today. Do you reaffirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? We do. Do you claim God's covenant promises on your child's behalf and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do your own? We do. And do you now unreservedly promise in humble reliance upon God's grace to set before Rosa an example of the new life in Christ? And do you, the members of this congregation, in the name of the whole Church of Christ, undertake with these parents the Christian nurture of their child so that in due time she may confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, do you? And will you endeavor by your example and fellowship to strengthen her ties with the household of God, will you? Let us pray. We thank you, O Lord, that we get to be a part of the great family of faith. We're thankful for the love that is found at this font and for the joy that we know that we are all your children. And we pray, O oh Lord, that your Holy Spirit will attend this moment, that through these waters we may discover grace again and that we may find joy in how much we are loved. For we pray this in Christ's name, amen. Okay. 
I tell myself it's the black robe. <laughs> Come on, close by. Rosa, Pearl, De Jesus, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. sacrament of love and we are so so delighted that we actually get to be a part of this journey for you as they're en route to Los Angeles and for Sarah and Steve who we love so much that we get to be the, a part of this for your family so on behalf of the entire church we want to officially welcome Rosie into the life of God's people that you will always be surrounded in a community who just loves you and lifts you up and helps you when they become teenagers and is just there with you every step of the way. And Devin, we need you, man, to read this Bible with your sister and that you guys would, as a family, read this together, that at home you're reinforcing everything you learn on a Sunday morning. So God bless you. Congratulations. Thank you, O oh Lord, for your love and grace and your mercy. We're grateful that we are found within these waters to be your children. And pray, O oh Lord, that we may know always of your love and that Rosa especially will know of your love every step in her journey of life. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen. So it's so great that we get this child of God to celebrate. And then when we go up to kids' worship today, Miss Carol has the most awesome book about how people judge each other, either with stars or with circles. But you know what God says? It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It only matters what God thinks. And guess what? God created each one of us on purpose and for a purpose and with a great big love. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much that you created each one of us, that we are all a child of God, just like Rosie, and we just pray, Lord, that you are with us every step of the way, filling us up so that that love pours out into everybody that we meet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amazing what baptism will do. <laughs> this morning we're beginning a series that we'll be taking through most of the summer. And we're calling it uh, Psalms for the Summer. And we'll be looking at various psalms in the book of Psalms. The center of your Bible contains 150 prayers uh, that we call psalms. And they are wonderful means by which we can be in conversation with God. So we're gonna be reflecting on some of these psalms that are suggested to us through the common lectionary. And today, 
We're looking today at Psalm 146. So hear the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God my whole life long. Do not put your trust in princes and mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in their Lord, the God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. And then these words from Jeremiah chapter six. For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain, and from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They acted shamefully, they committed abomination, yet they were not ashamed, they did not know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall at the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we ask, O oh Lord, that you will allow these words to come to be vessels of your spirit, such that they would point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. I'm not sure any of you knew this, but I grew up in the state of Michigan. <laughs> Were you aware of that? I grew up in the wonderful state of Michigan, and they say up there that there are two seasons in Michigan, winter, and road construction. <laughs> and it always kind of felt that way. Either you were plowing your way through snow and ice or you were plowing your way through construction signs and detours and barrels. And some of that has come to mind for me over the last couple of years, driving from one end of Bee Ridge Road, east of 75 where I live, to close to the other end where I work each day. It was a couple years ago that we learned that Bee Ridge Road east of 75 would be undergoing some improvements. The road would be widened and new lanes inserted and circles added. I had moved, mind you, from a state, New Jersey, that was trying to do away with circles and now I'm in a town that appears increasingly addicted to them. <laughs> Nevertheless, the project began a couple of years ago and is scheduled to be completed sometime this summer. And in the meanwhile, the journey from where we live at the end of Bee Ridge Road to 75 is a little bit like driving a Grand Prix race course. But it's not been a big deal because we know that it will be completed this summer. Imagine then the joy that filled my heart when we learned that Bee Ridge Road west of 75 <laughs> in front of our fair church would begin construction improvements, 
that would last another year and a half, sewage lines, pedestrian islands, and the like, hallelujah. Grand Prix for another 18 months. Still, all in all, little cost to pay for what we hope will be a more effective, a more efficient byway, highway, throughway from the east to the west. Efficient, effective, and because this is of supreme value to our time and culture, faster. Effective, efficient, faster. These are for us these days the signs of progress. Still trying to figure out what they're doing up there at the interchange of 75 and University Parkway. <laughs> Lots of construction barrels, barricades up there, lanes going all sorts of ways, diverging diamonds being inserted. And if there's to make our ways, we suspect effective, efficient, and fast, the signs of progress. It may then feel quite strange to hear the prophet Jeremiah say to us, thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths and look and know that the good way lies there and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. I confess to you that that is not my inclination the wider the highway, the higher the speed limit, the better the road is what I say. In Pennsylvania, where I spent 17 years of my life, we had the Pennsylvania Turnpike, one of the first American superhighways, most of it there to replace the much more slow, scenic US Highway 40. You know, the slow road that passes through all that lush farmland and crosses gently over the Appalachians and passes you through those beautiful Pennsylvania Dutch hometowns where the Amish buggies stroll by. I have a friend who tells me that whenever he can give himself the chance in the better part of a day, he hops on US 40 to cross the state instead of using the turnpike. There's just so much more to see, he says. Oh, I say, but the efficiency, the effectiveness, the, the speed. What about these, I ask? Look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies. I travel back and forth to New Jersey every summer, and that means Interstate 95, lovely Interstate 95. The modern path, shall we call it, and Interstate 95 parallels with what would, could be considered an ancient path. I speak of the Appalachian Trail. I've never stepped foot on the trail, though I have crossed over it going 80 miles an hour, I'm sure, many times. And I've read enough about the trail and talked to a few who have hiked it, including some from this church. And what I've learned is that the ancient path and the modern path have very different purposes. One is there to get you somewhere and effectively and efficiently and quickly to get you somewhere. And the other is there to keep you somewhere. 
Bill Bryson in his great book, A Walk in the Woods, chronicles his attempt to hike as a novice the Appalachian Trail, and he shares this revelation. There is no point in hurrying on the trail because you are not actually going anywhere. However far or long you plod, you are always in the same place in the woods. It is where you were yesterday, it is where you will be tomorrow. The woods is one boundless singularity. Time ceases to have any meaning. When it is dark, you go to bed. When it is light, you get up. And everything in between is just in between. It's quite wonderful, he says. The ancient path is one that does not take you somewhere. It keeps you somewhere. And I suppose that is the opportunity we give ourselves when we stand at the crossroads and we look smack dab into the middle of our Bibles at the book of Psalms and find there what for the people of Israel were the ancient paths. The, the ancient paths of prayer where the good way lies. The ancient path wherein we find not how to get somewhere but how to be somewhere. And that somewhere is the communion of God. The Psalms beckon us onto the ancient path of holy conversation with God. Come, the good Lord says in the Psalms, come, set a spell and listen. Take the path into the deeper way of God. Discover where the good way lies. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The modern path takes you somewhere. The ancient path keeps you somewhere, keeps us in this communion with the shepherd, with the refuge, with the strength of the one who made heaven and earth to dwell in the Psalms is to dwell within the ancient path of the people of God, wherein we find within them the heart of God, the being of God, the presence of God. And so today, even in Psalm 146, we find another glimpse into the heart of God, and we hear that, that God is the one who who sets the prisoners free. God is the one who, who watches over the stranger. God is the one who lifts up those who are bowed down. God is the one who upholds the orphan and the widow. Come, says the psalmist, come. Consider the heart of God. Take the ancient path into the heart of God. Dwell there with the heart of God so that maybe someday your heart might be God's heart and God's heart might be your heart. Dwell there on the ancient path so that someday it will be your heart to set the prisoners free, to give sight to the blind, to lift up the bow down, to watch over the stranger, and to uphold the orphan and the widow. And these, it is these ancient paths, I suspect, of which Jesus speaks, these paths that take us into the heart of God, those narrow ways, those roads less traveled that take us into the deep woods of the kingdom of heaven where it matters less where you're going it matters much more what you find right there with you.
the ancient path where Jesus found time and time again the imprisoned and the blind and the bowed down and the stranger and the orphan and the widow. It was the heart of God where time stood still and Jesus wasn't worried about where he was going. No, Jesus was worried enough to stop and respond to the human deed right in front of him. On all those roads, the rocky road to Jericho, the dusty path to Emmaus, the windy trail to Damascus, the uneven streets of Nain, the byway to Tyre and Sidon, the ascending way to Jerusalem, Jesus takes the ancient path into the deep heart of God, and the deep heart of God will always, always, always be with those who are struggling. He sets the prisoner free. He opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He watches over the stranger. He upholds the widow and the orphan. Philip Halley, in his most compelling book, Lest Innocent Blood Be Shed, tells the story of the little village of Les Chabon in France during World War II and the German occupation. In particular, he tells about a little Protestant church there in this village a group of Huguenots who embraced peace and nonviolence. The pastor's name was Andre Trachme and his wife Magda, who quietly caught, taught the ancient paths or the Sermon on the Mount to their people. It was the brutal winter of 1941, and the day came when a knock came to the door, and Magda, the pastor's wife, answered the door of the manse, and there on the front porch in the swirling snow stood a shivering German Jew, a woman who had been on the run fleeing from the Nazis who were chasing her kind. I've heard, she said, that this church is the kind of place that takes in people like me. It was against the law, of course, to harbor Jews, and now there one stood on her porch. What do you do? You have four kids to raise. You have a home to protect. You have dreams to pursue, aspirations for which to live. But there on the ancient road is a shivering Jew. What do you do? Come in, said Magda, come in. It was the start of hundreds, perhaps thousands of Jews being harbored in that little town by that little church. And at a high cost, church leaders were arrested, taken to the camps, and never seen again. He sets the prisoner free he opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He watches over the stranger and upholds the orphan and the widow. Stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies. Is it the noise emanating from the modern highway that would suggest to us that the stranger, the bound down, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, that such as these would not be welcome in our country, our state, our town, our church? Wouldn't it be something if such as these would 
stand on our doorstep and say, I've heard this is the kind of church that would take in someone like me. Our session has named it our new vision to become the most loving place in town. To be the place where people might say to themselves, there's a place that would take in someone like me. It's a tall order for ourselves and it will mean simplifying our mission statement into the way that Jesus put it, love God and love neighbor. Love God and love neighbor become the most loving place in town. For what more ancient path might there be where the good way lies into the heart of God only to find there the face of our shivering neighbor.
Friends, the good news is that all are invited to this table. All are invited to this table who yearn to receive the words of grace, who yearn to find forgiveness, who yearn to be reminded once again that we are children of God, that we find our greatest reflection in the waters of baptism. So we rejoice to know that we are invited, along with our friends who are bound at home, we are invited to come to this table and to know that our Lord and Savior meets us here, welcomes us, not our resumes, not all those images we project of ourselves, but welcomes the true self of whoever we are, invites us to come to this table so that we may find that we are loved nevertheless, nevertheless. So come and know that you are welcome here. And hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh Lord, that there is a chair available for us at this table. We thank you that you call upon all to join in your great love and grace. And we ask, O oh Lord, that we may sense the presence of your Holy Spirit binding us together as the family of God, finding our reflection in the waters of baptism, living out our identity as your children in the world. So join us, may we sense your unique presence in this meal, for we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for having fed us with this holy meal. Now we pray that you'll send us out into the world, sharing your love and your grace and the good news of the gospel with all that we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.